right middle. It's right in the beginning of the New Testament. Um, and and as you're hunting for that, um, I wanted to take a moment to encourage you to, um, if you haven't already visited, check out the church's Facebook page. Um, the sermons are posted there on a weekly basis. Um, there are follow-up articles. If there's something you find particularly interesting or speaks to you, um, I try to post additional information throughout the week just so that you can pick stuff like that up. And actually, this week we're starting a series. And um, I did something a little different, and I, I'm going to see if I can manage to continue to do it. Um, I posted a, a short video to promote the sermon series. And if you go to that and you click the little share button, it'll pop up on your Facebook page. And if there are folks you know who are on your Facebook that you know, don't go to church or what have you, you use that to kind of say, hey, look, this is what we're talking about right now. Um, if that's something that goes well, I'll continue doing it. Um, I'll do it for a little while yet one way or the other. And so uh, I'll try and get the new one posted on Monday. But it's something that you can do to invite folks out. Maybe some folks aren't all that comfortable with talking to folks about stuff like that. Um, and so it's a way to do it that's a little easier. Um, I, one of the things I've been complaining about for the last, um, it's been two or three weeks, it seems like forever, is that I've had a cold. Anybody heard me complain about this yet? Or seen me blow my nose in the middle of something that I shouldn't blow my nose in? Anybody who's eaten a meal with me so far in the last two weeks is, is pretty well done with me. Because um, I've been in this gross place. And, and um, whenever I get a cold, because I get colds, like, like it's almost professional for me, I, I get these colds and they... It's because I think God decided that I would get sick with stuff that won't give me an excuse to stay home, but will make me miserable, just as a way of keeping me humble. Um, and, and whenever I get a cold, I always do the first thing I do, right? I go to the store and I buy, I buy two medicines. I buy NyQuil and I buy DayQuil, right? And, and let me tell you why. It, it, I genuinely believe neither NyQuil nor DayQuil makes you better. NyQuil makes you asleep, right, immediately, um, and by the way, there's, I found there's a natural NyQuil you can get. It doesn't have alcohol in it, but it's like 80% honey, and so it tastes pretty good, which is, I'm just saying, and it knocks you flat still. <laughs> and then DayQuil props you up and makes you forget that you're, like, exhausted. And, and I usually take NyQuil and DayQuil for about a week, week and a half, and, and um, then when I start running out of it, I, I'll break down and start either taking something that'll work <laughs> or, or I go to the doctor. And, and, and I've noticed, I was thinking about it since forever, like, like, you know, 12, 13 years since I've been an adult, um, quote unquote, I, I've been doing this where I'll, I'll take something that doesn't work because it makes me feel okay for the next few hours. Um, and, and I, I'm starting with this because every other way I thought of to explain this is so unpleasant. I wanted to start with a nice one. Um, the passage we're looking at today is, is, um, the first one is, uh, Matthew 7, and actually I'm going to start in 13, it's a little earlier. Um, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few that find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from uh, bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. So then will you know them by their fruit. So... Whenever I have a need related to sickness, 
I immediately go with a thing that's not going to work because it makes me feel good, right? Um, because sometimes making yourself feel good is what you want, right? It may not be the smartest thing to do because, you know, by the end of the first week, I've lost a week. <laughs> and I've been more miserable than I felt good, but I've been asleep at night. I mean, that's, that's kind of it, right? Um, and oftentimes in our culture, we, we pick things that don't work. And we pick things that don't work because they feel good right now. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. And this is the one that I, I wanted to start with, but I, I don't want it to be the drum I beat every week. Anybody read about the Episcopal Church this week? Ooh. There are actually, every article I read said the Episcopal Church is on the verge of collapse. They will cease to exist in the next 10 to 15 years. Like, as we know them, this is the American branch of the Episcopal Church. They had their big meeting this week, and they had a couple real big things. They they authorized cross-dressing ministers. Like, you can now be ordained if you're a cross-dresser in the, church, you know, the Episcopal Church. And, of course, everybody in the congregations, they hear this, and they say, well, you guys have a nice day. We're going somewhere else. And that's what's happening. Um, th- there are a couple other real screwy ones. That was the big one. But it's a laundry list of things that these folks, you know, they voted on this and they feel good because they helped out people that, that they think everybody should be helping out. But it, it's not necessarily in harmony with scripture. And it's definitely killing their churches. Um, the other thing is they have a giant headquarters building, like a huge palatial like headquarters that they built and, and that they owe X number of million dollars on. They owe $8 million in back, like, rent. Um, $8 million, a lot of money. And they voted to agree to let the building go. The bank's taken it back. It's gone, right? Or mortgage, I guess it would be mortgage, um, for $8 million. Coincidentally, they discussed the $18 million they spent fighting local congregations, suing them to take their buildings away <laughs> for churches that were saying, oh, well, we're leaving because you people are crazy, but they're doing what makes them feel good right now, but it ain't producing nothing. Does that make sense? Um, there are examples of this throughout our culture where we pick things that make us feel good, things that we like, things that, that are sort of, you know, the honey-flavored NyQuil that makes you sleep, but there ain't no health and there ain't no goodness coming out of it. Um, another example, I'm going to probably hit a little closer to home for some folks, and if I offend you, I don't know you that well, so it's not on purpose. Um, um, there are a number of like very popular preachers. Um, the one that I always think of is, is that, that smiley guy from Dallas, Joel Osteen. You guys know that guy? And, and he preaches, and it feels good to listen to him. But he didn't mention Jesus all that often. He'll tell you how to live a good life, but he doesn't tell you faith in Christ is how we're saved. And people go to the ground fighting for this guy and never back up and say, well, what does the Bible say about this? What's he saying that's in harmony with the scriptures? Because it feels good, but it ain't doing nothing to make us any better. In Matthew, because Jesus uses this analogy a couple times. In Matthew, this is from the Sermon on the Mount. We've all heard of it, right? Jesus has thousands of people following him. He, he gathers them up. He sits down on the edge of a mountain and he talks to them. And it's the largest collection of teachings right there uh, that, that we have from Christ. It's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Um, and he does this trees and fruit. Um, and he's talking about false prophets, for starters, right? And in that culture, you could say prophet. Prophet meant prophet slash teacher slash religious leader. So this is a blanket statement. He says, listen, when you have a religious leader, watch them. And the way you're going to know if they're any good is, look at what kind of fruit is coming out of these people. 
And when you see what kind of fruit's coming out of them, you'll know one way or the other. That's the guiding point. By the way, those of you guys who are doing the outline, um, false prophets is the first line. Like, like he's talking about false prophets in this first one. When he says bad fruit and good fruit, the word bad here sort of evolved. Originally it meant rotting. <laughs> but you don't find many trees that produce rotting fruit, right? Um, so eventually over time, like the word came to mean unfit to eat. And in this context, he's saying, listen, if it's producing food that's not fit to eat, it's not a good, it's not a good tree. Um, I, I had a neighbor in, in um, Virginia or Maryland when I was a little kid, and they had an apple tree. And it was a regular old apple tree, you know, produced like red apples, but they tasted terrible. You know, you couldn't get an apple off that tree that was worth eating to save your life because it produced bad fruit. And, and you know, this is kind of what he's talking about. He's talking to farmers and, and ranchers and whatnot, and he's saying to these people, listen, Good tree, good fruit. Bad tree, bad fruit. Bad tree, bad fruit. Wow, it's a tongue twister. Um, so how do we know? Like, what does a bad fruit look like? Like, those of you who are sitting here and thinking, this Eric guy, should we have brought him out here? Is he a bad tree? Um, here are the guidelines, right? Old Testament, straight up. False prophets, they taught things that didn't come true. Right? So when you hear somebody stand up in front of you and say, God says that, and he gives you a list of things, if those things don't come true, probably God didn't say it. Make sense? Um, and by the way, blasphemy, you guys know that's taking the names Lord and the Lord. Man, it's taking the Lord's name in vain. Um, when you take God's name and you say, God told me that by next month, if you don't give me a million dollars... There was a TV evangelist that did that in the 80s. You remember that? If I don't get a million dollars, I'll die. And he's still alive. <laughs> and he didn't get the money. <laughs> False prophet. Because <laughs> he prophesied something and it didn't happen, right? So that's the number one measure. How do you measure a prophet in the Old Testament? Is what they're saying, is it going to come true? The second thing, um, how do they live their life? Uh there was another evangelist recently who, who's a guy that, that I would be critical of the way he teaches. Um, and he was arrested. This is, a, what, three weeks ago. He was arrested for, I guess he beat up his daughter. Not real cool, right? Um, how do you know a bad tree? You know, the fruit they produce in their everyday life is crummy. Like, like what they're doing in their lives is no good. Um, I, I'm finding myself in a spot where I talk to people about their marriages a lot and it makes me pay much more attention to when I fight with my wife, right? <laughs> and I just stop and say, what kind of fruit is there? If I'm going to be this kind of leader, am I producing the kind of fruit that's going to be the kind of fruit that's in harmony with what I'm preaching? Um, and you can watch them. If, if somebody is a teacher or a preacher and they don't love their neighbor, they're probably not a good tree. Um, if someone's a teacher or a preacher and they're not living in harmony with what they teach, they're not a good tree. And this cuts both ways. I, when I worked at Basher Children's Home, we had a, uh, we had a fellow who was an evangelist, right? Like a professional evangelist, I guess. And, and he would routinely tell kids that they were going to hell if they didn't agree with him immediately. And, and he was tough to talk to <laughs> because like if you didn't agree with every word with, that came out of that guy's mouth, you know, well, I'm sorry, you're probably going to hell then. And I, he did that to me once, <laughs> where we were talking, and I and I, I said something. He's like, no, no, I'm pretty sure that'll get you to hell. And I tried to explain to him from the Scripture, and he, and he yells at me. <laughs> you know, that's bad fruit. Does that make sense? Bad fruit is folks who can't manage to love the people around them. You know, if you tell me about Jesus, but you don't like me, and you can't treat me like Jesus might like me, 
you're not a good tree. On the converse end of that, a teacher that, that can't manage to teach right, right? Which is my third point here. Um, the, the third thing that you look for in a teacher that's, that's incorrect, right, would be incorrect teaching. Teaching that leads you to something other than Jesus. Um, if you sit down and you listen to a preacher, one of the things that I, I love, I love practical sermons. You know what I mean? You give me five steps to tell me how to stop being a jerk and I'm going to do it. <laughs> I like that. But if I get five steps to find out how to not be a jerk, but it's not about Christ becoming a part of my life or the Holy Spirit taking me over and making my life better, then that would be law, right? The law says, act this way and you're okay. The gospel says, Jesus takes us over because we're wicked. We can't be good on our own because we're bad. And the Spirit picks us up and makes us whole and sets us on the right path. Um, I talked about AA quite a bit last week. You guys remember that? And one of the things that AA teaches is like, like, we can't be good on our own. We need the Spirit to do it for us. God makes us right. We can't do it ourselves. And any teacher that'll stand up and tell you, you can be good on your own, you need to work to get to heaven, or anything that isn't about Jesus died for our sins, that's a teacher that's preaching the wrong thing. Um, I, a megachurch pastor just recently, and this is the drum I'm trying not to beat every day as preachers, you guys don't know how good you have it in the church of God. Um, I was listening to this guy talk, and he was talking about Abraham and Isaac and the sacrificing of Isaac, which is sort of a story about Jesus going to the cross. And in the beginning of his sermon, he says, this is a story about Jesus going to the cross, but I don't have time to talk about that. And then he talks about himself for 40 minutes. <laughs> Bad fruit. Got it? Um, Jesus starts by saying, Good fruit and bad fruit. It's all about the teaching. Um, now, beyond that is context. There's a narrow road that gets to heaven, and not many folks are going to find it. There's a wide road that leads to hell, and an awful lot of people are going to wander down that road. It's so much easier to take the spiritual NyQuil, right? Joel Osteen is so stinking easy to listen to because he's happy, and I don't have to talk about how I'm a sinner, <laughs> I like that, but it's it's not the gospel. That's the wide road. Um, everyone can do whatever they want, and we'll even make them ministers in the Episcopalian Church. That's the wide road. That's not the narrow road. Um, and we can't find the narrow road without good teaching. Is it? I mean, it's true, right? Like, if you can't tell me what I'm supposed to know and what I'm supposed to believe, I'm not going to find the right path because there's a part of me that's crazy and is always going to do the wrong thing. The other spot Jesus talks about this is in Luke. This would be in Luke, um, I have it written down, Luke 6, if you're planning on following along and hunting that down. Um, Jesus did two big collections of sermons, and there's this nasty habit where folks will say, oh, they're both the Sermon on the Mount, but they're phrased differently. It's not true. Um, Luke starts his sermon by saying, well, Jesus was out on the plains and he had a bunch of followers with him and they all sat down and he taught them on the plains. This is actually what's referred to as the Sermon on the Plains. It's a different sermon, right? But he uses the same analogy, probably because it's a good analogy. Uh, Luke chapter 6, 43, for there is no good tree which produces bad fruit. On the other hand, a bad tree, or a bad tree would... Hold on, let me back up. Let's start over. It's the cold medicine. Um, <laughs> for there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor, on the other hand, a bad tree which produces good fruit. Uh, 
For each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. Everybody sound familiar? Same as the other one? Now, how many of you guys are farmers or ranchers? Let me ask this real quick. How many of you guys, this is a pretty straightforward idea. You plant wheat, you're not going to get apples. Right? I'm a beginner. I mean, like, is that right? (laughs) You plant... You plant corn, you're not going to get barley. It's just not going to happen. You plant hot dogs, you're not going to get anything. Right? <laughs> like, like there are certain things, you, you know, like this is basic agrarianism, right? Is that even a word? I think I made that up. Um, and, and so Jesus is talking to a collection of, of guys who grow stuff and raise animals, right? And, and he starts out with, he says, listen, you plant hot dogs, you get nothing. You plant apples, you get apples. You plant grain, you get grain. And they're all like, right on, we agree with you, right? He's, he's doing something clever here. Jesus is a really clever guy. And he starts off by putting out an analogy and waiting. And everybody says, yes, <laughs> good fruit comes from good trees, right? Apples don't come from fig bushes. Um, and he gets them all agreeing. And then he moves on and he says, beware of the false prophets. Who, oh, sorry, that was Matthew. The good man out of the good treasure in his heart brings forth what is good. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which is filled, fills his heart. So he says, listen, good stuff comes off good bushes, bad stuff comes off bad bushes. You know, this is how it works. What's coming out of your mouth? Because what's in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. And so, like, everybody's agreed with him now, and then the people who are there who were five minutes ago gossiping about the neighbor are stuck, and they're saying, well, what's coming out of my mouth? What do I say? One of the beginning measures that, that Jesus gives us for self-examination, because of the Luke passage, isn't as much about false prophets. It's about us. So, his first analogy, by the way, if you're following along, that would be number two there, Luke Luke's version of this analogy encourages us to look at our own lives. And it begins with what's coming out of your mouth. Because what's coming out of your mouth is what's going on in your heart. Um, it always strikes me funny when somebody like yells and hollers and, and mistreats their, their wife or what have you, and then they back up and say, I don't know why I did that. That's not me. Well, no. No, <laughs> you did it. That's you, right? What's in us is what comes out of our mouth. It's really basic. Um, if I spend all my time being angry... Anybody ever get into that place um, where the phone won't stop ringing and where where the kids won't shut up and where the neighbor won't leave you alone and the preacher's messing with you from the pulpit and, and all this stuff is going on and it just sort of like gets rolling in your in your heart and you just get pretty mad and irritable and then all of a sudden you got nothing nice to say to anybody. You know what I'm talking about? This is my day yesterday. Actually, I woke up yesterday in a bad mood and I was grouchy all day. Why? Because my heart was full of, you know... It's all about me. When my heart is full of it's all about me, guess what comes out of my mouth? You know, mean and venom. This is what Jesus is talking about. So he starts out with, listen, look at the fruit. That's how you know what kind of tree it is. And then what's coming out of your mouth, people? We can examine ourselves and say, like as a beginning, what do I say? How do I talk? Do I talk in a way that brings glory to God? Do I talk in a way that tears the neighbor down? Do I talk in a way that hurts other people? Actually, how, how's this? I got into a fight with a guy I worked with for um, a few years, and, and he and I had a shouting match, got in each other's faces, and we're shouting at each other. And I went home, and I was hot. 
you know, I was mad. I don't, I don't shout at people. It's not me. I was that mad. And I, I went home and I was steaming. I was steaming. And I went out for a walk and I was praying and I was praying like, God, you need to do something with this guy. Like fix his heart. There's something wrong with the other guy. And as I'm walking and praying, um, into my mind pops this thought. So is this guy seeing Jesus in you? No. So there's the question. You know, and actually you gotta ask it not about the person that's like the favorite in the world. You gotta ask it about the jerk. <laughs> you know that guy? I'm pretty sure we all live next to him, right? <laughs> Unless you're talking about me, in which case I, you know. But, but how do you treat that guy? How do you talk to him? How do you talk about him? How often do you represent Christ to that guy? Because what's in your heart is what's gonna come out in that situation. And so Jesus starts out, he says, listen, good tree, bad tree, what's in your heart, people? Are you a good tree? Are you a bad tree? Are you the kind of tree that, like, like the roots of it's in, in the middle of you and what's coming out of it? Next step, he, he, he's not done because Jesus is a guy who, if he sets the hook, he's going to pull it hard, right? And so he's got his hook set. Who are you? What's going on in your heart? And when he really yanks the hook, he says, um, make sure I read from the right passage here. Um, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building his house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. Everybody knows this story, right? And it's like, um, to contemporize it, there's this guy who's got this shed in his yard and a tornado comes along and knocks it over and rolls it and almost throws it into the house. And and it's because the shed had no foundation, right? Um, if we're going to be trees that are good trees, the next step is obeying the teaching, right? Um, James says, a man who reads my word and forgets it right away is like a man who looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. If I read Christ's words and Christ says, forgive the people you don't like, and Christ's words say, love your neighbor. And Christ's words say, turn the other cheek. And I don't do any of that stuff. Guess what? And I'm a guy who's saying one thing and doing another. And my, my heart's wrong. Like, because what I do comes out of my heart. Am I a good tree or a bad tree? Now, there's a trick to this, okay? The trick is, um, this can't come out of how hard I work. Because that's the Pharisee route, right? The Pharisee says, try hard, try hard, try hard, try hard. Because if I gotta like, be careful to walk the line, you know, if I gotta walk that line as careful as I possibly can, I'm in trouble. Um, that's a, you know that Johnny Cash song, I Walk the Line? Wrote it early, early in his career during his first marriage, which he philandered and like, was drunk all the time, mistreated his wife and all kinds of other stuff. Like he did this whole song about like, I walk the line cause I love you and guess what? This is a man who did not walk the line, right? That's from that movie, actually, the best line in the movie. You don't walk the line. And when it comes down to it, man of his own effort will not walk the line. I cannot follow the law well enough to be good. I do well when the Spirit acts through me. Um, good fruit is a product of God's intervention. Next week, what we're going to talk about is this idea of the fruit of the Spirit, right? Right? 
This is in Galatians 5. Actually, I preached the first half of the passage, uh, what, two weeks ago. And now I'm going to come back around and preach the second half. And here's the idea. I can't, I can't, I can't of my own effort be good. And so the Spirit makes good things in me. That's how I spiritually grow. I don't grow because I try real hard. I don't think trees go out there and say, I'm going to make apples now, you know, and (laughs) try real, real hard and then apples appear, right? Like, there's a process that happens and it's a product of all sorts of things happening around them. Um, Spiritual growth happens the same way. It's natural. It just happens out of you because the Spirit infests you. Um, Now, here's some application, okay? Um, It does begin with what kind of seeds you plant. Um, If you're a guy who's sitting there, or a gal who's sitting there, and you're saying, wow, um, the stuff that comes out of my mouth isn't good. Is it just me? Wow, really? (laughs) Um, Or sometimes the, the way I live isn't right. Like, I'm not producing good fruit in the way I live. If that's you, because it is me, I'll tell you, um, very often, um, you ask yourself, what kind of seeds am I planting to get what I get? Well, if we go back to the Matthew passage, we see where Jesus says, listen, good teacher is going to give you good fruit. Bad teacher is going to give you bad fruit. If I'm following bad teaching, it's going to result in garbage in my life. Does that make sense? Um, if I have teachers that tell me, follow the law, follow the law, follow the law, it's going to result in sin, grabbing hold of the law and saying, yay, I'm in charge, and I'm going to fall. Another thing that will often happen is we spend more time filling ourselves with garbage than with things that can edify ourselves spiritually, right? I, uh, I hate to think about it, but sometimes i got to back up and look, how much time do I spend thinking about Jesus and reading and studying versus how much time do I spend watching TV, just me. <laughs> um, what we fill ourselves with, or even like what kind of teachers am I listening to? Or what kind of music am I filling myself with? Or what kind of, I mean, it, it piles up real quick. What am I planning in my heart and what's it turning into? Even how's this? What kind of folks am I associating with? Am I standing near the guys who are doing stuff that's wrong? You know, or, or whose hearts are wrong? Or folks who are self-centered and are encouraging me to do it? Um, if I live my whole life by, by the value system the culture presents, I'm going to end up stuck sometimes, or all the time, because the culture tells us it's all about you. The gospel tells us it's all about Jesus, and ostensibly, it's all about the neighbor. What kind of seeds are you planting? Um, the, my challenge for you this week is to look at yourself, to examine, and not just like spend an hour one day, but as you kind of go through your day, say... What am I putting in my heart today? What seeds am I planting? What kind of crop am I going to grow, right? If I'm going to reap what I sow, what am I sowing? Are you sowing things that are going to turn into good fruit? Or are you sowing things that are going to turn you into a bad tree? Um, the beginning of bearing good fruit in your life is, is that. It's planting the right seeds. We're going to close in prayer, and I think we're going to do one more song. Um. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would move in our hearts and our lives and help us to become the kind of, the kind of folks that bear good fruit in the lives of, in our own lives and, and, and the kind of folks who prompt other people to bear good fruit in their lives. I pray that you would pour your spirit on us and help us to be aware of our own, of our own hearts, of our own actions, of our own products, Lord. How do we impact? How are we impacted? Lord God, I pray that you would just move in a mighty way. Um, in Christ's holy, holy name I pray. Amen.